Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to an episode of the Short, Pale, and Handsome Podcast. I'm your boy, Loy Lee. Today is uh, Monday, will be Monday, February uh, 22nd. How are you? How's your ma? Tell her I said, hello. <laughs> it's been, wow, the 22nd. We're done, February. February, we are out. This is the last podcast, or is there one more? 22nd. Yeah, I think the next podcast will be in a new month. We are two twelfths done the 2021 year. Crazy. And the time just keeps on ticking. Uh, Happy Black History Month. Happy Chinese New Year. Also, happy Lunar New Year, if you must. Happy, happy Filipino History Month. A lot going on on the shortest month of uh, the year, 28 days, right? Yeah. Well, we're done. So, happy February. February? February. Uh, I want to let you guys know that your boy has started drinking yeah, again. It's been a while. I, I have not been drinking so much in Vegas. I think I probably have had like a small handful of beers. I'm, I think the last beer that I had prior to starting to drink again was like one beer with ramen a few weeks ago. And uh, your boy's back on the wagon or off the wagon. I never know how that saying goes. But your boy started drinking again. And uh, I started drinking... Excuse me. I'm not drunk right now. That was that was dinner hiccups. Uh, I started drinking because uh, one of my coworkers was uh, well, me and him went out to grab a beer after work, and I've come to the realization that I am the old guy. Not at the store, just I am that old guy. Uh, the coworker that I ended up going out grabbing a beer with, uh, I had a Sierra Nevada uh, hazy little thing. Mm, that was so delicious, and then the conversation was so depressing. Not because he was depressing, but then I realized that I'm old. He's 22, I think, maybe 23, 22. He's, I think he's 22, and I'm 40. And there is nothing less that I want to talk about uh, than work, after work with a coworker. If I'm after, if it's after work and we're we're coworkers, the last thing I want to do is talk about work and working on the work work gave us to work on while at work. There's enough time to talk about that, right? There's like 40 hours in the week to talk about that. I don't think we need to talk about work more after work when we're not getting paid. But then it just came to the realization that I didn't have a lot to talk to him about. Not because he's not because of anything other than myself, right? I'm projecting my insecurities on him, but He's 22 years old, and I'm doing everything that I can to not be that old guy telling people how to live their lives, and it very quickly became like that. So I I had to remind myself, slow down, Loy. Nobody wants to hear the way you would live your life if you were 22 again. Nobody wants to hear that shit, Loy. So I literally... Just had to stop trying to be a mentor. I don't know why. 
I just, uh, but I kept on finding myself dropping vague, ambiguous uh, words of wisdom on how to live life, which basically sounded like an Instagram meme or like a fortune cookie, fortune, a fortune cookie fortune. Sure, let's go with that. Yeah, I just, ah, you know, I just realized that I'm old. I realized, not only that I realized that I'm old, I think my body told me that I'm old. Uh, I've come to the real, realization that my life has become more or less obsolete in the eyes of a 22-year-old. And I see this every day when I'm seeing, like, on TikTok, people, the Gen Zers are uh, attacking millennialers and how, like, uh, we are outdated and not cool anymore. Everything that we do is not cool. The jeans we wear, not cool. The way we part our hair, not cool. The emojis we use, not cool. And I, f I remember what it feels like because I feel like I was 22, like, forever ago and also yesterday. Like, I remember what it was like when I was hanging out with older people and they would give me words of advice and I said, fuck you, homie. You don't know my life. You don't know where I'm going. I should have listened. But I remember what it feels like. And I remember what it feels like to be like, ah, that music's old. That shit's not music. This is music. That's not how you wear your jeans. We didn't have we didn't have emojis back then. Uh, clothes, music. I mean, I just remember what it was like to to just look at people older than me and be like, "Holy shnikes, you are outdated." Go back to the soda fountain, Papa. I don't know, uh, but it was it was depressing. So I have started drinking. Not only did like that Sierra Nevada hazy little thing get me back, like wetted my whistle, and then the com combination of being like, "Holy shit, you're you're obsolete, bro. You are outdated. You're running the wrong operating system." I uh, yeah, yeah, just that depression in and of itself. I started drinking again, not heavily. Uh, I have limited myself to like two beers. If I if I sit down and I go home and I sit down and I I'm writing or or trying to forget my day, I um I only I limit myself to like two beers. That's it, no more. And I, with that limit, I say, hey, if I'm gonna drink just two beers, I'm gonna drink myself. Some awesome craft beer. It's a, an IPA, an India Pale Ale, or a Dippa, a double Indian Pale Ale, a triple, a quad. Actually, I haven't drinking any quads yet. A hazy, uh, 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 a New England-style juicy IPA. Something that's like, you know what? You deserve this. You are worth it. Something that allows me to think that, like, hey, you're not drinking because you have a problem. You're drinking because you enjoy the experience. I probably have a problem, and I probably was conquering it, and then I started drinking again. Hi, guys. My name's Loy. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Loy. So, yeah, I, I've realized that... Uh, uh, Vegas is not 
where I thought their craft beer selection game would be. Like, what do you mean? It's like, maybe I haven't found it, or maybe they just don't offer it. But everywhere I go, I just was, it's like kind of just the big name IPAs and the big name, like, I'm looking for that small brewery, brewery, brewery? <laughs> I'm looking for a small brewery brand, small batches, talking about Boy Tunan, who got me into drinking this beer. They got me drinking like IPAs and gave me the idea of what it is that I'm looking for. Not my boy Eddie. Not my boy Eddie, who's a Cicerone, you know, the, the, the snobby guy that tells you how to pair beer. He didn't get me into drinking. My boy Tunon did. And uh, there's a couple episodes of us getting drunk and then me forcing him to play after the podcast. While drunk, that's always fun. You can check that out. There's a couple episodes out there. Uh, I, I, I've been looking for like the craft beer section, and I have not been impressed. But I think I'm just going to go down this rabbit hole, uh, spending an exorbitant amount of money on craft beer. And I'm excited for that. It's, a, it's going to be a new hobby uh, that may may or may not uh, be my down, <laughs> downward demise. Who knows? We'll figure this out. Once you start seeing me on the podcast drinking, uh, your boy has a problem. So be on the lookout for that. Let me know when I have to. <laughs> There's going to have to be an email intervention. Just be like, hey, Lloyd, we love you. Please sit down. Uh, we want to talk to you today. It's not funny, but I, I will say that if I start drinking while I'm on the podcast uh, by myself, that's when you know your boy probably needs you to reach out to him and send him an email. Uh, what's going on today, this week? I have been, like, my depression has kind of always been uh, a topic that I've been talking about, and uh, I've become susceptible to a lot of uh, horrible ideas, not thoughts. Not like, oh, oh, you're thinking deep, deep, dark thoughts. I'm not. I'm, I'm just having these horrible business ideas. And it doesn't help that, like, the woman uh, put Gorilla Glue in her hair, and now she got, like, $30,000 in her GoFundMe and has, like, is selling merch and has her own PR team now and probably got picked up by an agency. Things, when I read like that, I go, huh. So Gorilla Glue in the hair can get you famous. What do I gotta do? Tide pods off the list. Already, bit, somebody already did, did that. Gorilla glue in the hair. Somebody did that. Fuck. I gotta come up with the dumbest idea, and hope for the best. That's what goes through my mind throughout the week, especially when I'm selling cell phones and just being like, "Hey, hey, sir. I, yeah, I, I know you want to get an iPhone, but what's the dumbest thing that you think you could do right now? Because there's a Lowe's right here and a Home Depot down the street." We could make this shit happen. Put cocking in my ears. I don't know. That doesn't even sound stupid. That doesn't even sound that like my brain doesn't think in obnoxious manners of being like, oh yeah, that would that, that would work. That would make you famous. Cocking in your ear. <sighs> That's why I'm old. I'm so old where I thought cocking in your ear would be like the worst thing that you could do. But yet, <sighs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I, I just think uh, 
people getting rich and famous over doing the dumbest thing, maybe on purpose, maybe on accident, uh, is tempting. Because <laughs> like a week, less than a week later, somebody super uh, gorilla glued a, a, a solo cup, a solo red cup to his face. He didn't get that, that famous. That's why you know that you can't do copycat things. You got to think of your own dumb thing. Like, hey, I'm going to go bobsledding down the freeway off-ramp. Nope, that sounds horrible. That, like, my brain doesn't even work that way. Lloyd, you're rambling. Yes. Um, so, yeah, be on the lookout for me to do some stupid shit. And then I'll start a GoFundMe page. Uh, Vegas, as of yesterday, as of last night, st- <laughs> great segue, Loy. Uh, Vegas has started to open up before we had a max capacity of 50 people. So, you know, comedy shows, not great. Not the biggest moneymaker. You know, after you pay the venue and then to pay the openers, like the headliners aren't getting paid much. So I stopped doing comedy. I haven't done comedy in freaking months because I got a job. And uh, But Vegas is opening up. They are opening shows. The, the shows are returning, which is dope because um, now they've raised their capacity to 100 people max. So I guess Carrot Top and, and a bunch of other shows are opening up. And uh, I'm happy. Like, I'm super happy in the regards to, like, I feel like it might be coming back to normal. You know, this is the next step to being back to normal. But on the other hand, on my other side of the brain was like, hey, maybe uh, maybe this is not a good idea. Maybe this is uh, where we fuck up and the numbers spike again. And um, maybe, maybe I'll be like Punxsutawney Phil, the groundhog from Groundhog's Day. I'm going to stick my head out. I'm going to see that, uh, I'm going to see my shadow, my COVID shadow, and go, uh, yep, four more years of this shit. It's almost been a year now. We're two weeks short of a year. That's crazy to me. Two weeks short of a year where literally all of our lives have changed. Wild. Vegas is opening up. And, you know, honestly, I would say that Vegas has always felt open to me since I moved here in August. Like, Vegas feels like, I don't want to say it's like nothing happened, but with the exception of shows, like the only thing that was going, that wasn't going on was shows. Um, And now that those are more or less coming back, I'm hoping that it's a good thing. I'm hoping that it does not plunge us into uh, a longer lockdown. I don't know. I don't know. But all I know is that I'm rusty. I'm rusty in in, in comedy. I haven't done comedy in the like the two sets that I did didn't feel good. <laughs> it felt bad. Um, and you never want for for me. It's like. It's like when you strike out at a baseball game, right? You strike out, well, you get three or four more uh, at-bats 
that game. And then the next day there's a game, and there's the next day there's a game. You might have a day off, and there's a you know, you get the point. You get like 400 at-bats in, in six months, something crazy like that. And I think comedy is the same way. Like you strike out, you might strike out twice in a game, but you know you're going to get your at-bats, and you know you're going to get back up there. And when I was doing comedy, it was like I could not even guarantee that I could get up uh, once a night, or in this case, like more than once a week, twice a week. And you bomb, and then it just, and then you just have days of thinking what went wrong. Was it as bad as I thought it was? That I was it as bad as I thought it was. Uh, and you just think about that for days, and then you have another set. And you just bring all of that baggage with you. And it reminds me of like acting. Like when I was in Boston, I had a, I had a pretty good acting career. And then I moved to L.A. And I expected to go on auditions. And, and it'd be really, really difficult. I expected it to just be like a dogfight everywhere uh, at every audition. Uh, but no, the thing that they didn't warn me about acting in con- like a- as an actor in audi- the audition process is like sure you bomb your audition today and you don't know you have zero clue when you're going to get another audition and they don't tell you these things so i was like i was men- mentally prepared to like get turned down and like oh you're not the right fit or or whatever i was like, expecting those things but i wasn't expecting I-, I have no idea how to process the uh, the uncertainty of like having another audition even now when i think back i i still think of like it it bothers me like i feel tight in my chest right now just thinking about the audition process and that's a thing that i think maybe maybe it was maybe other well obviously other people have different experiences but for like me la was expensive uh, i was working there was like two years where I didn't even have a day off. Uh, I had a job during the day, like Tuesday through Saturday, and then I basically bartended three nights out of that week. So I just never had a day off, literally never had a day off. And then like on a Thursday night, six o'clock, you get a phone call from your agent. Hey, hey, we have an audition for you. That's amazing. That's freaking amazing. What are the details? Tomorrow. Okay, three o'clock. Okay, Santa Monica. Like, well, you should have called me yesterday about this because I got to start driving now. It literally, like, from Hollywood to Santa Monica around that time would literally take you, no bullshit, an hour 20 if you were lucky. So so you literally got to clear your whole schedule out. You got to, like, leave... Early, 3 o'clock, you got to leave at like noon to be on the safe side. You got to leave Hollywood at noon and you go. And then you hour, hour and a half to get there, 20, 25 minutes looking for parking, ten bu- uh, 5, 10 bucks to park. You go up, you read your one line, you see the sides, and you're like, oh, fucking Asian accent. I hate my life. And you go and you do it, and they go, great, we'll let you know. And then that's it, five minutes. Five minutes from checking in to going in to leaving, and then, and then, um, 
get back in your car, and now it's taking you two hours to get home because it's now rush hour. And the whole time you're like, I should have thought of that. Should have thought of this. You could have done better. You could have done better in your life to avoid all of this. You never get the call. And you know you bombed. Like after, at some point, you just kind of put all of the scenarios together, and then like a week later, you realize that they haven't called, and then you go, "Oh yeah, because I could have done this, and I could have done this better." And then now that you're thinking about this, and you got nothing else going on, you haven't, you have no other auditions, and you just think about what you could have done, and it kills you on the inside. And that's how I felt. <laughs> bring it back, bring it back, Loy. And that's how I feel when it came to. Basically, uh, this last couple times I've done comedy. You know, I've done comedy. Uh, I think I've done three sets while I've been out here. One was good. The other two were a little on the rough side. And I hurt. You know, I hurt on the inside. These are the things that you don't, uh, you don't talk about. You don't hear about. Like, I hurt. And the big thing was, like, I've done this material. It wasn't like I was out here doing new material. Like, I'm out here doing the same exact material that I've been doing. And for whatever reason, fucking flat. Shit hurts, man. So I'm happy, to say the least, like now that Vegas is opening, I'm like, I'm still apprehensive of going out. And I really, uh, again, I am super hesitant because I am afraid of catching COVID. You know, like if I don't have to go out, they're not paying me an exorbitant amount of money. I'm not going out. I'm not going out. And then I'm going to be that first asshole when the, the numbers spike again in Vegas. I'm like, see, told you. And then be like mandatory lockdown. All of all of the shit that we progressed towards is now going to the shitter. I told you so. I want to be that first guy because I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, I have, uh, for the first time, you guys, your boy, boy did, I don't know what I'm speaking in the third, in the third person. Uh, I'm proud of myself. For the first time ever, I did not file an extension in my taxes. I finally did my taxes before April. I, I can honestly say I don't think I've ever done my taxes before March, so... I am growing up as a person, but I decided to like do my taxes early in the most depressing year of income that I've ever had. Like, I actually lost money in my uh, in my profession on paper, and that freaks me out because I've had issues with taxes in in the past, and I know that like how much money you made. And then negative, like all of the deductions make it a negative. Like I feel like I'm gonna get audited again. I, I mean, I hope that they understand. Like, oh yeah, this is, this is a, this is like the worst year ever. And hopefully, the little money that I did lose in the negative is not horrible. I hope I don't get audited. I hope you get rich. I. But it's it's depressing. It's depressing to like look at your taxes 
and knowing all of that money, this big chunk of money that I made was made in like the first two and a half months of the year last year. And then you kind of like, you do the gorilla math and like go, okay, if this is two and a half months and then basically two months, multiply that by six and that's how much money I could, what? This is how much money I could have made that I was on pace to make that kind of money? And then you look how much money you actually made. <laughs> and the only thing that saved you was deductions. Shit's depressing, bro. But I am proud of myself. I, I'm, I'm proud. Like, you got to find your wins, people. You got to find your wins where you find them. You got to take the wins where they come. And it's like, hey, I did my taxes first and foremost. Without an extension, second of all. And third of all, I did them before March. I don't know. Um. I don't know, like, I don't know. I <laughs> I feel like Chris D'Elia in his, uh, in his uh, apology. And people are just sitting at home watching me being like, ah, do you, do you need a minute? Do you, I don't think we're supposed to be listening. You know you're being recorded, right? Kind of like Chris D'Elia. Like, uh, he, he finally kind of came out like six months later and, and sort of explained himself. And I don't really know the whole story. Well, no one's going to know the whole story, right? But I don't really know, like, what we know. I don't even know what I'm supposed to know in that scenario. But I watched it. I started watching it, and I got, like, five minutes in, and I'm not even mad at Chris D'Elia. I, I don't even, I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know the situation enough, uh, or, or, like, what are the known facts? I don't know these things. But I started watching it, and it got to feel like a confessional, which I guess that's what it was supposed to be, right? But, it, like, it got to the point where I was like, huh, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here right now. Like, it's like you walked in on the wrong intervention. Like, you showed up and you'd be like, hey, guys, I'm here for the AA meeting. And they're like, uh, yeah, that's not what's going on here. Um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm super, like, happy that he f came out and he, he's trying to, I guess, be better and move on, or maybe not move on, that might not be the right word, but like, he finally came out and started talking about stuff, and, and, and I think that that is the road to redemption, right? That's the hero, isn't that literally the hero's uh, journey, where like, he, he started from nothing, and then got to the top, and then he's plummeted down, and right, and then it's up, all the way down and up, I don't know. Uh, I'm happy, I'm happy that there is a road to redemption. Maybe not road to redemption, a road for redemption. Uh, I don't know. Um, but I was watching it, and it just felt very real, very somber, very like, uh, like if, it, <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, I felt like I was, I, I was at somebody's intervention, and I don't know how I ended up there. I'm like, hey guys, uh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna get refreshments. I, you know what? I'm just gonna go to the store. I don't know. There's not even. There's not even my family. I don't. I don't even know. I don't know why I'm here. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of how it feels right now. Where especially like when it comes to comedy, when it comes to uh, everything going on, like I don't feel good about it. And maybe that's like one part me being lazy, one part me not wanting to be an embarrassment, and one part I don't know. It's just just a lot going on. 
Um, I don't feel safe. But, Lloyd, you're in public all the time. You're right. You're right. I, I, I deal with the public um, in close proximity. I just – that's it. That's all I got. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, can I wait longer? I think that's I think that's what it comes down to. It's like I feel like I can wait longer. Not only do I feel like I can wait longer, I feel like I should wait a little bit longer. Um, I got you guys. I got this. There's other things I could be doing. There's like a shit ton of things I could be doing that I'm not that I should be, and um, and I haven't gotten to it. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying anymore. There's a lot of things I could be doing, right? I could I could be doing this. Uh, there's I could be doing this better. I just should be doing this better. But I don't know, man. If you guys are feeling the same way that I'm feeling, just this lost, confused, like apparently you're not alone because I'm lost and confused as well. Uh, I've been lucky to be able to make money outside of actual stand-up comedy and I sh- and I feel blessed. Um I feel for people who have been doing comedy longer or even at a younger age where you know I was like I was thinking like Dave Chappelle. A horrible example, but like Dave Chappelle, you know, he started comedy when he was 14. And I know people that started comedy at 19 or 20 and you know they're now in their 40s they've been doing comedy for for 20 years. It's like, what skill set do you have that you could go out and make a living for yourself during the pandemic? And I feel for those people. Like, I'm just lucky to have a skill set that is marketable and that I got hired. Um, and I think out of that respect, I'm just trying to say, like, hey, I can wait a little bit longer. You guys go get yours. Please don't get sick. Stay healthy. But I can, I can weather the storm a little bit longer. And might not be the right. That might not be the right thing for my career. But it feels right, right, right now. Right, right, right now. I don't know. Uh, uh wow, Lloyd. That's the second podcast episode you've left on such a level of energy uh is there anything i want to talk about before i mean we're we're here i i reached the finish line guys 30 minutes i got there we got here together if you're still listening fucking fuck yeah we're li- we're in this shit together man i i want to say thank you you know uh i left you guys for a little while i don't want to talk about that right i don't want to be more depressing but i will say i feel thankful i feel thankful that i have uh, something to do, somewhere to go. Eh, it's not really going anywhere. But I feel like I've got a duty, right? I've got, not that it's a job. I don't know. I feel like I've got uh, an obligation. There we go. I feel like I've got an obligation that gives me something to look forward to. And it gives me something to think about. Like throughout the week, I kind of just jot down things to think about, to talk about. 
And uh, I just want to thank you guys. If you've listened once, if this is your first time listening, thank you. Thank you for showing up. If this is not your first time, if you've been here since forever ago, uh, I want to say thank you. Because without you guys, I would probably be less of a good person. Um, I'd probably be, probably be, I will probably be a less tolerable person. Um, And it's because uh, you guys are here for me whether you guys know it or not. Oh, that's so nice. Uh, hey, guys. I, uh, promos? Promos? Uh, yeah, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm, I'm here on YouTube. If you guys aren't familiar with my YouTube channel, it, this is on my YouTube channel. Lloyd Lee Comedy on YouTube, right? YouTube, YouTube.com, Lloyd Lee Comedy. And this is the visual portion and the audio portion. If you're just listening to this, uh, you watch the video you, if you want. If you guys are not familiar, you're like, hey, I like all of this, but I wish I could see less of you. I got this on uh, podcasts. Basically, anywhere you get podcasts, you should be able to find the short, pale, and handsome. Uh, that's all I got. I love you. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Fucking love you guys.